0: Instructor David L. Gray, Master of Arts in Theology, and we begin. In nominee Paches, et filio, et spiritu sancti. In this talk, I'll be highlighting part two, section two, the seven sacraments of the church, article six, the sacrament of holy orders. Starting from paragraph 1536 to 1600, herein I will connect the sacraments of holy orders with the themes we have been repeating such as how the sacrament relates to our capacity with god how it relates to the economy of salvation and how the sacraments of holy orders participates in what the church calls the sacraments at the service of communion recall again that in context of the nicio Constantinople creed When it comes to the theology of the sacraments, we are still in the final stanza of the creed concerning the life and works of the Holy Spirit. The true beauty of the nearly two millennia old Catholic priesthood unfolds in her ongoing line of apostolic succession as if it were reciting a, a stanza from the, the poetry of ordination. It is through the imposition of laying on hands. Deacon is connected to priest, and priest to bishop and all to each other in one royal ordained priesthood. They are all connected to one another from generation to generation and age to age and all the way back when the hands were first laid upon Saint Stephen, Philip, Procreus, Nuncor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas of Antioch, and to when Jesus the Christ breathed on his apostles and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The apostles handing on, they themselves had received, warned the faithful to hold fast to the traditions, which they have learned either by word of mouth or letter, and to fight in defense of the faith, handed on once and for all. In all seven sacraments that Christ has given his church, The sacrament of holy matrimony is the only one in which the ordinary minister of sacrament is not a priest or bishop. So the question becomes, why has God ordered that the ministerial priesthood be at the service of the common priesthood, which we call the laity in this way? To answer this question, we return to the definition of a sacrament. A sacrament is an action of the church through which Christ continues to minister to his people. Therefore, being that a sacrament is Christ ministering to his people, we find that the ministerial priesthood in the person of Christ, in persona Christi, is a type of Emmanuel. As the name Emmanuel means God is with you, so is the call of the ministerial priesthood to be with us. Indeed, through his sacraments and his priests, Christ is with us. We might also call the sacraments a work of mercy of God because through the sacraments, God has been merciful to us, which makes his priests the emissaries of his mercy. In this way, We can say that in the economy of salvation, the ministerial priesthood and the diaconate, as paragraph 1540 calls them, that is, those who have been called to serve the source of our salvation by proclaiming the word of God and to return communion with God by offering up sacrifices and prayers from the rising of the sun into a setting. Christ is the true and eternal priest who offered himself as a victim for our sins and reconciled us with God. But it is he who also established a new priesthood in his church to be emissaries and promoters of our salvation. He accomplished his work by calling and sending. The apostles of Christ Jesus continue his mission in the world by giving them his authority and power to preach the gospel, forgive sins, celebrate the Holy Eucharist, and shepherd his flock. Through this work, his promise to be Emmanuel, to be with us, is always accomplished through them. Being that through his sacraments and his priests reorder a fallen creation to himself, the sacrament through which he affects his orientation is rightly called holy orders. The word order in Roman antiquity designated an established civil body, especially a governing body. Ordinatio means incorporation into in ordo in a catholic church there are established bodies which tradition not without basis in sacred scripture has since ancient times been called taxis greek or ordines thus liturgy speaks of the ordo episcoporum the ordo presbyterum the ordo diaconorum Other orders also received this name of Ordo, Mm -hmm. catechumens, virgins, spouses, widows, etc. Returning to the idea of the sacraments of holy orders being a type of fulfillment of the promise of Emmanuel to be with someone is to be present to them. Of course, the most unique and efficacious way that Christ is present with us is through the Holy Eucharist. The Catechism Catholic Church in paragraphs 1549 and 1550 also speaks of Christ as being present to us through his bishops and priests, saying, The presence of Christ as the head of the church is made visible in the midst of of the community of believers. In the beautiful expression of St. Ignatius of Antioch, the bishop is typos tuo patris, that is, he is like the living image of God the Father. The presence of Christ in the minister is not to be understood as if the latter were preserved from all human weakness, the spirit of domination, error, even sin, the power of the Holy Spirit does not guarantee all acts of ministers in the same way. While this guarantee extends to the sacraments so that even the minister's sin cannot impede the fruits of grace, in many other acts, the minister leaves human traces that are not always signs of fidelity to the gospel, and consequently, <clears throat> and consequently can harm the apostolic fruitfulness of the church. The priesthood of the Old Covenant was a prefiguring of the ordained ministry of the New Covenant, The priests were appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. They were instituted to proclaim God's word and restore communion with God through sacrifices and prayer. However, this priesthood remained powerless to bring about salvation needing to repeat his sacrifices ceaselessly, and unable to achieve a definitive sanctification, which only the sacrifice of Christ would accomplish. In paragraphs 1555-1571, through 1571, the Catechism of the Catholic Church goes into detail about the three degrees of the sacraments of holy orders. It explains the role and function of the bishops, priests, and deacons in the church, as well as the laity and the consecrated life. Firstly, the bishops are the successors of the apostles and have the fullness of the sacrament of holy orders. They have been given the grace of strength to teach, sanctify, and govern the people of God in their diocese, in communion with the Pope. The bishop is a father and pastor and has a preferential love for the poor, the sick, and the needy. Second, the priests are co-workers of the bishop and share in their ministry, preaching the word of God, celebrating the sacraments, especially the Holy Eucharist, and caring for the faithful. Third, the deacons are ordained for the service and help for the bishops and priests in their pastoral and charitable tasks. They can also proclaim the gospel, assist at liturgical celebrations, and administer baptism and marriage. As such, and according to the ancient and constant witness of the church, the bishops occupy the first place of, among the various offices that have been exercised in the church since the beginning. They are the direct successors of the apostles, who pass on to them the grace and authority of Christ through the laying on their hands and the words of consecration. By this sacrament, the bishops receive the power to sanctify the people of God, teach them the faith, and govern them with love and wisdom in this way. They act in the person of Christ himself, who is the supreme teacher, shepherd, and priest of the church. According to paragraph 1557, the Second Vatican Council teaches that the fullness of the sacraments of holy orders is conferred by Episcopal, Consecration, that fullness, namely, which both in the liturgical tradition of the church and the language of the fathers of the church is called the high priesthood, the acme, the summa of the sacred ministry. This section on the fullness of the sacrament of holy orders ends with this beautiful touch point. Saying in paragraph 1561, the above considerations explain why the Eucharist celebrated by the bishop has a quite special significance as an expression of the church gathered around the altar with the one who represents Christ, the good shepherd and head of the church presiding. As for the celebration of the sacraments, the sacraments of holy orders is a wonderful and joyous celebration of the church where the faithful gather to witness the bishop ordaining new ministers for the service of God and his people. The bishop lays his hands on the head of each candidate, invoking the Holy Spirit to give them the gifts they need for their specific ministry, whether it is as a bishop, a priest, or a deacon. This is how Christ chose and empowered his apostles and continues to guide and protect his flock through their successors, the bishops. The sacraments of holy orders is a sign of apostolic continuity of the church, which can only be transmitted by validly ordained bishops who are in communion with Christ and his church. By this sacrament, the candidates are configured to Christ, the eternal high priest, and are enabled to act in his name and his person. They are also incorporated into the order of bishops, priests, and deacons. They are given a sacred power for the service of the faithful. Like baptism and confirmation, the sacrament of holy orders confers an indelible spiritual character. It cannot be repeated or conferred temporarily. Just as human nature is the ontological requirement for the sacrament of baptism, because Christ Jesus died for humanity so that we might unite our humanity with his ascending humanity divinity, so too is masculine nature an ontological requirement of the sacraments of holy orders. Because blood sacrifice is a duty that has only been divinely ordered only to men throughout salvation history. From Abel, who brought the firstborn of his flock as an acceptable offering to God. To Abraham, who was willing to sacrifice his own son, Isaac. To the Levites and high priests whom God appointed to perform various sacrifices for the people of Israel. To Christ Jesus on the cross. Bloody sacrifice. And the preparation of blood sacrifice is the duty of men. Whereas through the blood sacrifice of the Lamb of God, Christ Jesus put his body at the service of humanity for the glory of God, so too are men called by God to unite themselves with his body to sacrifice their lives, for the service of the common priesthood for the glory of God. This unitive aspect of the sacraments of holy orders, the catechism, paragraph 1581, calls a configuring to Christ by a special grace of the Holy Spirit, so that he may serve as Christ's instrument for his church. Like baptism and confirmation. This sacrament confers a permanent and indelible spiritual character mark on the soul of the priests. This permanent ontological reality of a masculine instrumentality and duty men have to offer blood sacrifice flows seamlessly into the liturgy and into the sacramental life of the body of Christ, the church, where the memorial sacrifice is still offered today only by a male priesthood. And in well-governed churches, even those who assist in the sacrifice of the sacrament are male altar servers. Because in preparing for the sacrifice, they assist in it the same masculine nature must be present for all just as a sous chef assists in the chef work even though he's not the chef the male altar server assists in the memorial sacrifice even though he is not the priest moreover just as christ jesus chose men to form the college of 12 apostles so did he choose men to prepare the table for the passover meal now As for who can bring the gifts for liturgical sacrifice, this is not a work that is reserved for one specific biology or ontological reality. For example, after childbirth, a woman was required in the Old Covenant to participate in the purification ritual by bringing to the priest either a lamb, two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, which the priest would then sacrifice for a burnt offering and sin offering. Just as the sacraments of holy orders is the only one that allows for an ontological union between those of the same nature, Christ and man, the sacrament of holy matrimony is the only one reserved for an ontological union between opposite genders, man and woman. In this way, these sacraments, unique in divine complexity, reinforces their similar and distinct purposes, whereas the fundamental task of holy orders is to be at the service of those being called into divine life. The fundamental task of holy matrimony is to be at the service of those brought into Natural life. This section on the first of the two sacraments at a service of communion ends most excellently, with Saint Gregory Anazarbus writing about the grandeur, and of the priestly grace in office and the urgent call to conversion, in order to conform one's whole life to Him, whose sacrament has made them ministers. We must begin by purifying ourselves before purifying others. We must be instructed to instruct, become light to illuminate, draw close to God to bring Him close to others, be sanctified to sanctify, lead by the hand and counsel prudently, I know whose ministers we are, where we find ourselves and where we strive. I know God's greatness and man's weakness, but also his potential. Who then is the priest? He is the defender of truth, who stands of angels, gives glory with archangels, calls us sacrifices to rise to the altar on high, shares Christ's priesthood, refashions creation, restores it in God's image, recreates it for the world on high, and even greater is divinized and divinizes. And the holy cure of ours says, the priest continues the work of redemption on earth. If we really understood the priest on earth, we would die not of fright, but of love. The priesthood is the love of the heart of Jesus. In our subsequent encounter, I look forward to sharing the Catholic Church's teaching on the sacrament of holy matrimony. Thank you for listening. Here.